We're going to quickly, and this is the fun thing, that we're, we're going through the gospel of Matthew for a year. So that's where we have been the last few weeks, and we're continuing that this morning. And then we will all of 2022 be in the gospel of Matthew. But where we're starting today with chapter 3, chapter 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7 are some of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. So I know we can dig in and have fun, and they, but they also move with such a stunning rhythm that we can do it um, at a good pace. So uh, one thing I want to share, um, uh, I, I didn't ask for anything this year for, for Christmas when it comes to that. I would just, I don't know, overly content, maybe something. Um, but my wife and I, we do uh, stockings, and so she gave me my favorite Christmas present, which I don't put stuff on my computer, but I did today. So I'll read you my favorite Christmas present, which came from a, a place in Puerto Rico, an organization that helps rebuild Puerto Rico by what they're doing. And so it's a really beautiful thing. But I have a sticker that I'm like, finally a sticker worthy to actually put on my computer. Um, so I did, and it says this. Jesus protected women, empowered women, honored women publicly, released the voice of women, confided in women, was funded by women, celebrated women by name, learned from women, respected women, and spoke of women as examples to follow. Our turn. <laughs> I love that so very, very much. Um, so that's what we're going to do with the Gospel of Matthew is follow Jesus into the ways in which we live to the fullest. So um, uh, it's really good, really, 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 really good. You might see those stickers start circulating around Walker Harbor. Um, with that, this morning we're, we're, we're making a significant shift in our uh, text in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's story of the good news of Jesus the Christ. The scene has now been set for the return of the king. If you were tracking Israel's history from the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament on, they are now preparing themselves. They, they have been hearing whispers of the return of the king. And by the king, they know a king is coming that will be the king. And so they're setting themselves, and this is now getting in that place. And so the return of the eternal king who will rescue the people from hundreds of years of displacement from exile. But this is not just a physical exile, which would be something in and of itself. This is an internal exile that the people have been in, which we can note as well, an internal exile. But the whispers of return now have found a microphone, found in chapter 3. So chapter 3 of Matthew, verse 1, uh, it goes like this. In those days, in the days in which they're hungering and there has been a gap and now they're waiting for this return, John the baptizer, who is a cousin of Jesus, came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now the wilderness, as we see mentioned here, it's, it's actually desert. It's, it's desert if you were there. It's what we would know as desert, and it gets labeled as wilderness we often read in the scriptures. It's a place, though, it's really important, it's not been co-opted. It is not owned or controlled by any empire or group of people. 
This is an, a, a land that just is. And John shows up here inviting people to prepare for the king's return. This preparing is found in the oft misused or misapplied word repent. And that word repent simply means to change one's mind about something or to change one's direction and move on to a new path or to return to the true path. So to turn or return to the divine, the desert is the place for this. Why? Because it's a place, the desert is a place of formation and transformation. The desert was my favorite place when in Israel. The desert for me in Israel was my biggest aha. Oh, I see why now how people awakened to the more, the depth, the change. Like, I get it being in it and seeing the desert and experiencing the desert and understanding what it would be like for them to reflect and have that time, space, and environment to go what really matters in life. So then, uh, a map. We're going to do a couple of them real quick. Like, uh, this is Israel, uh, a thin thing, and the red circled here, this is the Judean desert. So you have next to it, that's the Dead Sea, that's the water you see. The Dead Sea, the little squiggly line there would be, or a little line there, it's going to be the Jordan River that goes up to the Sea of Galilee. So you're in the more um, southern part, not completely south, southern part of Israel in the Judean desert. So this we're circling, this is kind of where they are at. And then next slide gives us a picture. This is what the wilderness looks like. It's desert foothills, um, and then it moves in there. So they're in this place where you go, okay, people don't live there. You would not live in the desert. You would journey through it, yes, but not live in it. So just to give us some idea, John goes out there and begins to make this pronouncement announcement here. Then uh, chapter 3, verse 3, it says this. This is he, John, who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. You better get a road ready because the king is on its way and we don't have a road for him, so get making the path. John is a trailblazer in the mold of another Hebrew prophet, which Matthew is now going to allude to to in verse 4. So verse 4. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. Now, we just read this and go, okay, they're, they're telling you what, uh, where he does his shopping. And you know, and you, it's actually this leather belt around his waist would be a hyperlink that would send the listeners to, oh, this is a picture of Elijah, the great Hebrew prophet. This is a resemblance. This is a, so I would say a hyperlink to that. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. So another map real quick um, that will show a little bit. So if you have the Dead Sea, then like I said, we have the wilderness of Judea here. You have seen near it Bethlehem, 
uh, where Jesus is born, Jerusalem, key city, obviously the city in many ways. And then you have the Jordan River above it. They're going to be in this area, but where it will lead to is they're going to be just east of the Jordan River. And a little town of Bethany is going to be nearby, but this is where this is taking place to give us some idea. And so the people are going to come to John, and then in verse 6 it says, they came confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now, this is just a, a, a practice of being honest and transparent. You have lived in such a way, now we're saying the king is coming, so why don't we get out together and, and let's just name all the ways in which we've wandered from the path, we've left, we've gone, we haven't practiced what we said we believed. And so they come out and they just own this. Whether they've aimlessly drifted or they directly departed from living in connection with the divine. And now they are sweeping out the soul, making room in their hearts for a new direction, a time of marrying their pious intention with heartfelt devotion. Are you with me? A little bit of uh, what this looks like. Well, in, in May, this is a little bit of what the Jordan River, it's not this big giant thing, but this is in May, so um, a picture of the Jordan River. Uh, and then next slide, this is a picture of uh, my lovely wife and I standing in the Jordan River. And so you, you get an idea. It's not this crazy uh, thing, because May, they, they've come out of what you know winter where they at least have some... Um, a little bit more raised, but it wasn't, it isn't massive and was maybe a little bit bigger than, and it has these seasons, but we got to spend some time being in the wilderness, and then boom, here's the Jordan River and sinking into that, and to go there and say, let's, as a community, be honest about our lives. Um, verse 7, then, but when he saw many of the Pharisees, so John sees all of a sudden the religious elites coming to him and the Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers. Now, in the ancient world, the dominant understanding was that vipers were born by hatching, get this, inside their mother's wombs, which killed their mothers in the process. That's what vipers do. So comparing people to a brood of vipers was essentially calling them parent murderers, one of the most reprehensible offenses conceivable in that day. John is saying to them, and he's giving a picture of you also are doing that to our, our parental ancestors. What they lived for, you're making a mockery of it by how you live, not by what you teach. You speak one thing, but you don't live it. And so he's giving some strong words to these people. Who warned you, John says, to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, how you live in light of this. Your religious views have not matched your living, breathing experience, which should reveal a turn or return to the divine. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Your past and your heritage isn't the point. Your present is. 
We are coming to the close of a year, and we're getting ready to start a new year. And this day after Christmas, well, this could be a lag. This could be a, I'm exhausted. But actually, it's such a great time to sit, to reflect, to take in and go, how then will we live as we move into the newness that is before us? Um, I baptize, John says, I baptize you in or with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable, unquenchable fire. Is to say to align one's life in full allegiance with the divine is like a dance party around a big bonfire. But a life of selfishness is like consuming embers that grow into a raging fire and will burn us from the inside out, is what John is saying. Verse 13, then... Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. This verse should strike us as, what? Because he just set the scene of these people coming and being baptized and by offering repentance and then being baptized. Well, to turn or return, does Jesus need to do this? Does anybody ever like read this and you're like, yeah, Jesus, you better repent, pal. Right? It's like, what, what's happening here? Now, Jesus comes from Galilee. Another map. Map is good. Map is good. Galilee up there. So you see a Galilee. He's, he lives, grows up as a kid, Jesus in Nazareth. And then he spends his ministry years. He has a, a home, if you will. It's really just a place to sleep in Capernaum around the Sea of Galilee. So he's coming from that region, and he zips down into, again, Bethany is going to be over here somewhere, right in here. So this is where he's coming, and they're going to get baptized in the Jordan. So Jesus makes his way there and meets them in this place. So Jesus coming to get baptized, well, that's going to strike John a bit crazy because he just told the religious elite, who told you to come and get baptized? No, 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 your living is crazy. And then Jesus is like, I need to be baptized. John's like, uh-huh, what? So, and here's his, uh-huh. Uh, next verse. Uh, it goes like this. John tried to deter him. Hey, really? Saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. It's stunning. And then verse 17, to close chapter 3. We just went through chapter 3. Yeah. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Matthew has painted a picture for us in this scene one that would send the Jewish audience back to their origin story. And it goes like this in Genesis chapter 1, first book of the Bible, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Tohu vavohu is the Hebrew. It's wild and waste. It was a swirling chaos 
Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the chaos. The word dove in Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, carries the Hebrew word for how the Spirit of God was hovering over the chaotic waters. And the audience would know that. Oh, we have a picture here. In the beginning, this is guiding us to make sense of why Jesus must be baptized to fulfill righteousness. Because God incarnate, the divine showing up in flesh and blood in Jesus, did not arrive in a palace and to the praise of wealthy and elite. Jesus was born among the ordinary common people as one who looks ordinary and common. And it's here that we see rescue and redemption occur when Jesus steps into the chaotic waters of our lives and offers peace. That's the picture. Jesus says, why I need to do this? Because I want the world to know, I want everyone to see that I don't avoid chaos and mess. But like you have in your origin story, the divine enters into the chaos and brings out of it peace. Out of the swirling tohu vavohu, God created order and goodness. That's what we have in our creation story, if you will. And here Jesus is giving a picture of it again. I will enter into the waters of chaos And out of it, I will bring peace. It's a picture of that. Jesus enters into our chaos to bring peace. He meets us right where we are, as we are, and then says from that, I want to heal, redeem, and move you forward into all that you were created to be. This is what The picture is. This is why Jesus goes about what he does. And you have this affirmation of the father saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. And at this point, he's done nothing to earn it, deserve it. He's just my kid. Because it's from here he's going to go and do ministry. But at this point, he hasn't. He hasn't healed anyone. He hasn't taught anything. That we have in the narrative, this is his launching point, and God's saying, I love him. He's my kid. And now he's entering into the chaos and will do as I've done and bring peace out of the chaos. Gift. Gift. So what I want to do now is uh, I want to invite our staff up, and I just want to take a minute and for us uh, a little bit to reflect on what this past year has been for us, and where tangibly, practically, um, the divine has met us in a year that could be labeled as a bit chaotic, correct? But where that has been um, God meeting us in the chaos and bringing peace. And so uh, I'll kick things off and then we'll, we'll let them share, and then maybe someone will, you're just, heart is on fire, and like, me, me too, can I quick share? Um, but I can go uh, in, in a lot of different ways, but one, uh, I'll start personal, and then I'll go uh, professional, 
I guess we could say, uh, personal. We began 2021 with moving our kids into homeschool because school was just bonkers, correct? And it was so back and forth, and there was just, we don't, it was on and on, and now they're home, and now they're not home, and, and it was just too much, and so we went consistency, and so the, 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 our three boys came home, and my wife uh, moved into, like, on the fly, homeschool mode. And there was something of bringing uh, peace out of the chaos into their lives, and it really was a stunning time <clears throat> for our family. But then um, we went through the summer, and this past semester started, and they were back in school, and my wife went and has been substitute teaching uh, this whole past semester. Two, because she felt led, called to step into the chaos that's continuing and to bring a little bit of peace. But to me, it's God has met us in all of that transition and movement. There has been within that us making adjustments, but for me, I've felt this grounding, centered peace. We're going to change. We're going to shift. We're going to move. And there was something, someone within that said, it's fine. It's fine. I have you. I have you. Hold on. It's a roller coaster, but you're fine. And I experienced that then in our home and in our lives and uh, just the way God, I feel like, just covered us. Covered us. And then uh, professionally this past year, as things, again, were swirling and it's been a wild ride, within Harbor Churches, uh, and in doing our work, these three is how God has continued to meet me in the work. God using the gifts, talents, and beautiful people that they are to bring peace out of the chaos, to have a team to serve with and do life with and work with like this, is grace, and it's a gift. And it's been so beautiful to do that work together. It's been grounding, and I see God working in us and among us. And then to have a community like you all. Within this last year, how many needs have come up, of course, in the midst of it? How many people have needed just to be cared for, loved, paid attention to? There have been meals brought. There have been all sorts of ways in which you all, being the church, have been a picture of God working and moving and helping one another in this. Do you know as a pastor when we're, then even as a staff when we're doing this, we weren't well, I, of course, wasn't pulling my hair out, but nor were they pulling it. Like, how are we going to do this? We've got to try and get these people. Come on, come on. It was, hey, everyone, um, there's a need. And then it was like, oh, not everyone at once. And you just go, what a gift to have a community, this church. Say, we will be together and we will walk with God through this together. To raise our hand and say, I have a need, what a gift, because then this community gets to step up, and you all have done that in such an incredible way, bringing peace in the midst of chaos. Gift. Gift. I've never enjoyed my work more than this past year.
gift. Okay. So, when we <clears throat> first were told that we were going to do this, um, I kind of didn't know what to say because if you don't know or if you do know, um, there has been a lot of turmoil in our family for the last couple years. So, I felt like I don't know how to respond to how God is talking to me because I don't know if I'm listening right now. So, I did a lot of reflecting. <laughs> I know. I did a lot of reflecting, and all I could think about was this church and how um, that over the last, so this church has been around for a while. If you're new, we have been trying to, um, we've been in different locations. Um, we may have had a pastor before. Um, we have... Um, just done a lot of changing and moving and moving together. And so when I think about <clears throat> what God has done for me, he has given me you. And he has um, allowed me to struggle but come here and get grounded and have grace and feel love and supported and um, just know that... Uh, I couldn't have survived the past two years without all of you. And um, pouring into your children and the love that they give me back is enough all in of itself. Um, I love spending time with them. So mostly it's just also kind of started thinking about when I first started coming to this church, um, I was on fire, and I feel like he kind of has nudged me to go back to that and to pour into our community and to remember why we are here every day, and it is to love Walker and to love the people of Walker and to do what we can for them. Um, so I guess what I've heard in my reflection is to um, just gear up and get back to what you know, started it all, which was this community. So that's what I have felt. Well, I'm crying already, so go be next. <laughs> um, for us, the last year has been a lot of change. We, um, we started a new church, started a new job. Um, also, my first day here, we were in the middle of a move. So, like, that morning I got up off of an air mattress in an empty house to come. So, all of that change happened at once. Um, we, Yeah, Ben wants to let you know that we got a cat. That is true. Um, <laughs> but um, I think what God has been showing me in this year is kind of the power of letting other people in on the chaos of my own life. Um Especially, I will say it again, these three people, like, please, like, let us all stay because they're really, <laughs> really, really supportive, wonderful humans. But, um, yeah, the way that I've kind of been able to just be uh, however I am in the moment and still be very loved. Um, I have, we got a new house and we have a new neighborhood and just kind of an example, I guess, of it's sort of silly, but... Um, 
we had, I have a new neighbor who um, started getting together with me and we meet at each other's house, What whoever, you know, what we rotate. But um, we've gotten to where I used to feel like I can't let somebody into my house. Um, I do like the crazy mom cleaning spree or whatever, you know, before somebody could come into my house. And she texted me the last time I was going to her house and she said, I'll be there in 15 minutes, 20 if you want me to clean up the spilled oatmeal on the table. So I got there in 15 minutes and she said, okay, oatmeal it is. So she cleaned up her oatmeal and I was like, you know what? This is how I want to live my life too. Like, I don't want to pretend like everything's just right. And um, God has just shown me through a lot of you people, um, just a lot of grace in that of letting things be chaotic and um, finding the grace in that. Um. Clearly, there's a theme today because this community, crazy moms, crazy moms, yeah, that's a thing. Um, this year for me has been <coughs> rough. Um, I had a baby this year, um, and had a much harder pregnancy. I um, had very, very little energy to do anything. And I am, if you know the Enneagram, I'm a helper. I like to help and do. And to um, rest in the fact that I could just be here, some weeks show up and not do anything and still be loved and valued has been a new lesson for me. Um, and this community, the way you have supported us, I've watched you give to other people, but for you to give to me and support us with meals and cards and um, baby gifts has been just beautiful. There's a piano there. Um, and to be a part of this community, to be a part of this team where we are led by someone who tells us constantly that the three of us are in charge um, <laughs> and that our voices matter um, is huge. Um, I sp I've spent a lot of my life not using my voice and um, to be able to really find it this year amidst the chaos of not knowing what to do, how to help people, how to connect with people in this weird couple of years um, has been great. Um, and just the gift of... Um, a baby and new life and um, a calm, calm, quiet baby um, that lets me sleep has been a gift. Um, we have a, we're a, a strong team, but a sassy team, just so you, <laughs> just so you know. Um, yeah, so community, um, and knowing that the chaos is okay, and 
I don't know how to wrap this up. <laughs> They're going to give it back to Wally. Um, it, is, it has been really, really just beautiful to see um, God meet us all in it in different ways in our different um, uh, adventures, but then our adventures together as, as, a, as a team and then as a community. And the way that has been, it's, it's, it's such a teacher. It's such a teacher and such a gift. And so we've been so very, very, very grateful. Um, and we love, we love doing this. And um, we are thrilled to keep going um, together. And we trust then, too, we know we've already seen, we've heard, and especially just even in the last few weeks, the call for the new year uh, on, on our church, um, as in the, the calls that we have been receiving, the asks of uh, our church for the new year are huge, which has been so wild and affirming of uh, what God has been up to and is doing and wants to do, and so it just been inviting us to say yes, and so um, that's been really, really beautiful as well. Um, but we do want to leave space if anyone else uh, feels like they care to share um, Maybe how God has met you in this past year in the midst of chaos and is bringing peace out of that, guiding, leading in some sort. Um, we, would, we would be thrilled and, uh, if you wanted to share. That would be great. You can stay in your seat. You mm -hmm. don't All right. Um, I guess one of the things that I have seen that has been really beautiful and really um, restoring for my own um, for my own perception of like Big C Church um, is that in the midst of I don't maybe you guys haven't experienced this, but the last couple of years have been a little divisive in my world. <laughs> There's been a little bit of uh, polarizing opinions and um, around lots of things. And the question, and I'm, I'm married to Wally, the pastor. Um, so the question that we have gotten over and over and over again is, how, how is the church? Like, are you, is it just like falling apart? Is it just crazy and awful and have you been attacked and just horrible things and we kind of like keep looking at each other going no like it's it's been a beautiful picture of people being able to center around the most important thing um, and being able to have a common faith um, and being able to see at the same time that that looks different for different people, um, and we can have different political opinions. We can have different opinions on a whole lot of things, and we can even talk about those things and have civil conversations um, within a faith community. Um, and quite frankly, not many people believe me <laughs> when I tell them that. Um, but I have been super, super grateful for this community um, this year, um, not the least of the reason is because you haven't, um, 
like crucified my husband. <laughs> and a lot of other places, um, that's what I'm seeing. Um, so I'm really grateful because you guys have, um, have given me a lot of faith back in the church. I just want to add that if you are like, I don't know what I think about this year and want someone to process that with, any of us would be willing to talk with you. Um, you could come to our staff meeting if you want, because that's just lovely. We meet at Wild Roast on Tuesday mornings. So um, seriously, we'd <laughs> love to have you join us. Um, I just, like, just really wanted to say that I'm, like, so, like, grateful, uh, for you guys a lot. Um, I, like, wish you were, like, around in, like, every other aspect of my life because I, like, brag about you guys so much. <laughs> like, just, like, on campus, um, like, working with, like, the ministries there, I'm just, like, oh, my goodness, guys, like, Walker Harbor, they're the coolest people ever. And I, I've told a couple, like, people here, but I've, like, never like felt more loved by God through people than like this year because of um, like the way that you guys have like taken care of me in so many ways of just like um, just like getting lunch after church or like you know just giving meals or just like spending time or just like pouring into me and so it's really cool to to see like a like the best example of how to show God's love with other people through the way that we interact with each other, and even just as Jess was talking about, just like the idea of like community, and like I feel like like um, everybody here as like a church is just like understands that so well, um, and what it means to just be loving each other in like the best way. And so I just, I just yeah, I just want to say thank you a lot because I again haven't haven't like experienced like this kind of love like so strongly and so like easily, and it makes it so much easier to go love other people as well when you're getting poured into by like such a great group of people. So yeah, it has been like a crazy year for like a lot of people, but I have just like felt more love than I like ever have like through you guys. So I'll keep this brief um, because we've had uh, quite the year, to say the least. Um, we had, uh, my wife gave birth to our twins um, this past spring, and it was rather unexpected, rather early. Um, and, and so we spent a long time at the hospital then. Um, and then this past fall, when we dedicated our boys here, it was because uh, of the way that this community had, had rallied ar around us. Um, I guess not just that, but um, you know, it was something very immediate that we were feeling. 
um, for the way that you guys had rallied around us then. And then a couple weeks later, uh, they were back in the hospital. Um, and once again, um, we're getting text messages and emails saying, what do you need? How can we help? Um, what can we do for you? Um, and so your support uh, for us uh, and with us over the past year has just been um, incredible. Um, it's left us speechless at times. Um, so yeah, it, in a very short, leaving a lot of details out, um, but we're very thankful for this community. So thank you guys. Okay. Um, it is, it's gift. It has just been such uh, a gift, um, even in the midst of chaos. That's, that's what we see in chapter 3 of John, Jesus entering into the chaos. So we have, um, what, what I've felt just in the last um, few weeks even, uh, but especially, I would even back up and say when we taught, when, when I was teaching through uh, the Revelation, some of the Revelation stuff, and then even into Matthew, what, what words have come to mind and even have entered into a number of conversations is do we realize that we are just trying to catch up to the Bible, the, the scriptures, the truth, the depth within it is so far ahead of us at times. And so when people say, oh, the Bible, that old thing, it's so, what you see in this is Jesus meeting people in the chaos, making this grand announcement and picture of entering into the chaos to bring peace. This has been announced and has been happening for so long. And when we, we see it, we, when we lean into it and we learn from it and study it and you go, wow, this has been happening, we need that now more than ever. And then even in these last two years, how are we going to do it? Well, we're met in it. We have a center. We have a ground of our being in Christ. And so um, we want to continue to walk into that, cling to that, hold to that. And to rally around one another. And I'm, I'm thrilled and glad to have you all share even bits and pieces that we can uh, better understand how to meet one another. And that we have uh, done that and we can continue to do that as a community. Um, that, would be, that would be walking in the ways of Jesus. It's our mission. Help people find their way back to God. And we're going to keep doing it over and over and over again because Christ sustains us and drives us. May that be true of us. If you would join in singing, we will reflect on that as we close.
Walker Harbor Church, oh, I'm so blessed, God, for this community. May you know, in days like Christmas, when things are celebratory and big, God meets us there as we are. But may you know, too, it is in the heartache and in the struggle that God meets us there in the desert, entering into our chaos to bring peace out of that chaos. God will meet you right where you are. And if you would raise your hand, you stand among a community who loves to serve God, embodying the grace and peace for one another. And I am so grateful that you would raise your hand in the struggle and say, I need community. I need to experience the love of Christ and that we would then embody that for one another. And as we do that here for one another, we then take that out there into a world that continues to be swirling in the chaos, topsy-turvy, that we would then follow our Jesus into it in order to bring peace out of the chaos. May that be said of this community, that we are not afraid of the chaos because we bring Christ with us into it that Christ would lead us out of it by going through it. May you experience Christ on this day, the day after Christmas. And as you head out, may you experience in the very depth of your being the grace and peace of Christ with you now and with us as we go. Amen and amen.